Welcome to the Rush Hour Podcast. Sit back and relax or hop on the treadmill for the next hour as we talk Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse. Every month, Jake Elliott will talk with Saskatchewan players, coaches, executive and team personnel about all things Rush Lacrosse. And now, the host of the Rush Hour Podcast, Jake Elliott. What's going on, Rush Nation? Welcome back to the Rush Hour Podcast presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln. This is Season 2, Episode 5. My name is Jake Elliott. It's my partner and also one of the voices of the Saskatchewan Rush. Back with me once again here on the podcast, Ryan Flaherty. Uh, Thanks to Dave Thomas, our buddy Dave Thomas, for voicing the intro last season. I want to continue to use that. Miss... DT. Miss you too, Ryan Flaherty. Welcome back to Rush Hour. Uh, how are things going in what you tell me is snowy Saskatoon in late March? Yeah, you got that right. Uh, Mother Nature decided to uh, dump a whole bunch of fresh snow on us overnight here and uh, into the morning. So although I'm one of still one of the few people uh, driving to work, so I get to still clean off my car today. It was wonderful. Uh, well, uh, let's, know, at, um, at least there's fewer fewer cars on the street well, on the way to work, though, because of uh, so many people that are un- unfortunately not as lucky as I am to be still going into work right now. Well, I was about to say, uh, what what is the the state of Saskatoon now with uh, emergency lockdown, all the rest of it, essential services only. Uh, I've noticed around here much much less traffic. You can actually see the air quality improved uh, over the last couple of weeks, which is just mind-blowing. But people taking it pretty serious here in the lower mainland of British Columbia, and I would expect the same back there in, in Toontown. Yeah, you know what? This, this COVID thing, it's... I think we, as a province, as a city, are a, bit, a little further behind uh, in terms of the spread. You know, obviously, BC was hit a little harder, a little quicker. Uh, but, you know, things are pretty well up to the same level out here now with most of everything being shut down and, uh, you know, only, you know, the grocery stores, the gas stations, that kind of thing. There's restaurants open delivering food. And I had a guy deliver my pizza with a face mask on last night, yeah. which is a sight I never thought I would see in my lifetime. But that is the world that we are living in right now. I was speaking with a coach uh, yesterday that I frequently interview is, you know, we're here at global and just remarking on the fact that it's crazy. That it was just two weeks ago. We were talking about, you know, their basketball championship and I know, two weeks, feels like man. a year. It feels like a year ago. It, it, it a really lot has does. happened in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it really does. And it really has. And, um, you know, I, like, I honestly, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever go through something like this in our in our lives again, and it seems really weird to be talking about a virus on a lacrosse podcast, but it's such a big thing in, in not only our lives but the entire world right now that you got to give it uh, the attention. It needs to be discussed, and I think the more you talk about it, the more people get educated on it, the, the more serious people will take it, and the sooner it'll go away. You got that right. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, like you said, everything is affected by this, and sports really, in a lot of ways, has been sort of the driver of a lot of the response. Really, um, in, in terms of just accelerating people's 
uh, impressions that I think of the magnitude of what's been going on. I think once the NBA became the first domino to fall, yeah. again, like two weeks ago as we're recording this, less than two weeks ago, um, that was when you know, a lot of people who maybe hadn't been taking it that seriously or at least thinking, oh, it's happening somewhere else, uh, it's not happening here, that was the first, I think, real thing because sports, we always talk about it, they're a unifier. People converge around sports and it's the distraction from daily life, whatever you want to call it. And when that distraction is saying, hey, we got to stop too, then you, you lose that and everyone kind of stands up and takes notice. So I think that's when you really start to see things happen faster yeah. Um, and, and here we are. It was, it was really interesting. Like I, you know, everybody kind of processed and, and digested it at a different pace, but I, I found it very interesting, you know, when, when the Ivy league and lacrosse said, okay, we're shutting down and, and people were up in arms and upset mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, seniors missing their last season and they're not going to be, a, there won't be a championship being played for. And, and I and I I don't know maybe I was a little bit ahead of it, but I was just thinking to myself like, shut up! Like, what are you what are you even thinking right now? Take a look at what's going on in Italy or Spain, and and you're worried about a a, a sport right now. And and I love sports. Sports are like my life, and I miss them dearly. And, and I miss the National Lacrosse League and, and Rush Nation and all the rest of it. But my goodness, like. I, it's so irrelevant right now what what is happening in the world that it's it's hard to think about it like that. But yes, sports is always been the escape, right? It's always been the when something yeah. heavy's going on, you turn to sports and and you just you know you tune yourself out from the rest of the world for a couple hours and and not being able to do that. But with that being said, flats like I think people also need to keep in mind that. Be very, very thankful that gas stations and grocery stores and pet stores are still open. Uh, beer and wine stores, for that matter. I found that very, uh, very telling that they said, okay, you know what? Uh, the beer and wine store is an essential service. Let's let's keep that open. You imagine taking that away from people. But where I'm going here is that we have a roof over our head. We have light. We have electricity. We have power. We have the internet. And these are the things we need to be thankful for right now. And it's not the worst thing in the world to to just stay home. Like, I, you know? People, you know, it isn't. It isn't. I think there's, I don't know, if I'm a bit of a movie buff. I don't know how much of a movie guy you are. Oh, but huge. I keep thinking about... I keep thinking about the scene in uh, in the Cable Guy of all things. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the Cable Guy, when Jim Carrey falls down on the satellite and TV goes out. And then Buddy turns over and he blows the dust off a book and he starts to re- rediscover <laughs> yeah. the book, you know. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm I'm obviously joking a little bit, but that's I think it's perspective. It gives you a chance to uh, hit refresh on your life in, in a way um, because you really have to take stock of what's important and and what's available to you yeah. and make the best of it. And so I think there are people who are, uh, you know, by necessity, uh, learning new skills, uh, getting back to things that maybe they've neglected. Um, there is a silver lining to this. No, absolutely. There is, I mean, there is 
a lot of negative to it. And you talk about being thankful. Be thankful that we're in Canada yeah. and with the healthcare system that so far has been able to handle this. Yeah. Because there are people in other parts of the world that don't have that. And we're seeing the effects. Yeah. So, yeah, perspective is a great thing. Um, you know, the vast majority of this are going to, of us are going to come through this better for it, I would say. And uh, for now, we just have to kind of ride it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, uh, during this time, I've, I've kind of found myself like getting weird things that I've been putting off around the house getting those done. I've been kind of reaching out to some friends that I haven't talked to in a long time and just kind of checking in and then making sure they're good. So things like that. And, and I, I think the National Lacrosse League and the Saskatchewan Rush have done a fantastic job of, of keeping content coming to keep fans engaged. Like I, I see all the dad content coming out from, you know, Mike Poulin and Micah Kersey and John Grant Jr. And, and these are the things like that spawn out of a thing like this that – just kind of warms my heart like it it's funny how things gravitate like we've seen this push-up challenge going on now like these these are the type of things that i kind of gravitate to in a time like this yeah and you used the, you talked earlier about you know what's really important well you, you know some people may have reacted to this in ways that you kind of you know raise an eyebrow and say really that's the thing that you're worried about but you know, people have their own ways of coping. However, you talk to coaches, you talk to players. I have yet to hear one person in sports say, you know, publicly, this sucks and yeah. and I and I and I hate you know, and I'm I'm you know, what does what does this mean for my my season or my right. chances of winning a championship or my contract status or whatever the case may be. They all say there are bigger things that are more important. Yeah. And if they're saying that, then you got to follow that lead. And again, like you said, there's things that are going around on social media that are helping people uh, manage and cope. And uh, that's great to see because, you know, those connections are really what's, what are keeping people together right now. Well, hopefully this uh, podcast here, Flats, will help that cause. little content coming here for Rush Nation and lacrosse fans alike. Um about 10 minutes from now, we will catch up with the, the big boss. It doesn't go any higher up the food chain than this man. Bruce Urban, the owner of the Saskatchewan Rush, will join us here in about 10 minutes. And then uh, I know we just had him on last month, but I felt like in a time like this, you, you go to the leaders of the community and, and obviously Derek Keenan and Bruce Urban, the, the two highest ranking executives within the organization. And, and those are the two gentlemen we're going to talk to today. Yeah. No better, no better choices for sure. And I'd be mean, good to hear from them. And, you know, because it's been, it's been a really strange couple of weeks, not being able to be engaged, you know, be as engaged with some of the people that we're used to being connected to. I mean, we didn't get to call a game last week, which is the first game you and I had sort of, taken off our plates because of this. So right. it's been a while since we've talked to these guys. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, would have played the Georgia swarm last weekend. And uh, that kind of got me reminiscing and, and this being a, a rush podcast and Saskatchewan centric it. And it got me thinking and, and my partner, Evan, who I do lacrosse classified with brought up the fact that Saskatchewan hadn't really had a whole lot of success against the swarm lately. And, the last game that they won, I think, was actually the Humboldt 
game. And and what a what a scene uh, watching that from afar. I don't know if you're at the game or not, Flats, but uh, what an emotional game that was. Yeah, that was that was tremendous. I, I I don't have it in front of me. They may have won a game in Georgia. Or, I don't think they well, did. I think that I think might have been last. Might have been last before that. Actually, I think I think you're right. I think that was the last time they beat them. And, yeah, yeah. That was that was a night, and 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 it makes you think. Although obviously very different circumstances, but it it I don't know. I get a little chill thinking about the first game back after all of this is over. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a scene that night for obvious reasons and, 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 and much different reasons paying tribute to the, the Broncos. The rush did a fantastic job of that. Uh, was note perfect. Uh, but the thinking about that atmosphere gets me thinking about whenever the case may be, if it's this season or next season, when the rush returned to the floor, that atmosphere inside that building is going to be like something rivaling in NLL finals, I think. Oh yeah, uh, no question about it. And and you know, in regards to the season resuming or stopping or starting next year, we really don't know. And and we'll ask Bruce mm-hmm. about it. We're not sure what Bruce will be able to tell us about that, but uh, we will definitely inquire on on you know try and get an update from a league perspective on on where things are at for that. But um, before we get into that, we do, I guess, have a, a few things to talk about uh, that, that happened since the last time that we talked to you, Rush Nation. And and that was a, a loss and a win and a trade uh, that's happened since we spoke last. So why don't we do that? Uh, 9-8 Toronto comes into Saskatchewan, kind of like a wounded animal, Flats. And everybody was thinking, okay, you know, Toronto's really banged up here. Their right side is is almost, uh, you know, on, on life support. And you got to give the Rock a lot of credit in this game here. They came in, they outshot the rush. I think they outworked the rush and just kind of ripped one out of Sastel Center as they as they go away with a 9-8 final in, in a game that was – Another low scoring one for the rush offense. Yeah, you thought we thought that they had kind of gotten over the hump offensively. Uh, the previous two games, they'd scored thirty one goals. They had the crazy game in Halifax, and then they had a nice win in Philly, a five goal win there. And you're thinking, okay, all right, things are things are progressing here, and then the home whatever issues they've been having at home this season or had been having at home came right back to haunt them in that game against Toronto. You talked about it. That was a, a really decimated offensive lineup for the rock. They were missing some pieces on the back end too, but yeah. especially up front, uh, how are, are, they were already down some guys and then they found out they wouldn't have Dan Dawson for that game. Um, so really on paper, it looked like, you know, almost a gimme for the rush, the way they played the previous two games, the way there are three games and the way Toronto was so banged up and Saskatchewan grabbed that six, two lead at halftime. And then their second half issues, especially their third quarter issues that they've had this season came, came right back and they took their foot off the gas. They even said so after the game, they, they thought they had Toronto right where they need, wanted them and the rock, what a gutsy effort, full credit to them. They yeah. did not quit. I mean, Rob Hellier, the, the, the rush, let's add to the fact that the rush also held one. Rob Hellier in check almost all night. He didn't score until very late and turned, and turned out to be the winning goal, his only goal of the game. But all that being said, Toronto came back. They made it made it happen. I've never heard a rush team 
speak so strongly about a loss in a regular season game uh, than the way they spoke after that game. There were some pretty pointed words uh, said, especially from the defense directed at the offense after that game. I mean, that was the fourth game at home this season, and it was the fourth time the rush failed to hit double digits uh, at home. And so you heard some pretty strong things after the game. And uh, you had yourself wondering, you know, like, have they gotten over the hump yet? And, of course, we found out the next week that they they were pretty good at, at flipping the switch. Yeah, so they, they, they drop uh, an Alterna Cup uh, game there to the Toronto Rock. Reed Reinhold having a nice game for Toronto. And this being such a veteran-laden and tight-knit team that they are in Saskatchewan, I don't think a lot of teams could actually get away with what kind of was said after that game, like, finger pointing a little bit and and I don't know if that's the right word for it but it was kind of like here's what's happening right now this is what needs to change and when that changes we're going to be just fine and I don't like where I'm going with all that is that I think it's okay with this team because they've won together they've been together for so long and they know like I mean I think the offense knows it anyways that they're, they haven't been good enough, but it's the, the leadership group saying, okay, like we're, we're telling people now we know it and now you know it. Yeah. It's who's, it's who's delivering the message. Right. I think you're right. Like not every team can, can have, you know, those kind of comments made publicly. And it wasn't, let's be honest. Let's be honest. It wasn't like there was guys naming names and throwing guys under the bus. It wasn't anything like that, but it no. was just some pretty direct, some pretty direct language. The word pathetic was used at one point by Ryan Dilks in reference to the offensive effort. That was about as strong as it got. Um, but it's who's delivering the message. It's Chris Corbeil, it's Ryan Dilks. And I think, you know, we had an, an issue there. The team had an issue earlier in the season where Derek Keenan kind of rattled their cages a little bit and said, you guys need to work harder. Yeah. And they responded by reeling off three straight wins. And you can see that they got the message. Well, they backslid a little bit against Toronto. And so sometimes you need someone other than the coach to deliver that message. And that's and yeah, that's Corbeil what Corbeil and stepped up. They said they said what they needed to say, and clearly guys got the message because it was a much different team uh, coming back uh, the next week against, admittedly, an, an, another opponent that was you know, dealing with some injuries. But but they looked very different a week later. Oh, they sure did, and and I think that was their most complete. 60-minute effort of the season. The results spoke for themselves. 17-7 over the Vancouver Warriors. As Grandma Rush flats calling out Biz Nasty in public over Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Pilly there challenging Biz uh, to put up a Gino for for the game on the line. Uh, he actually made mention of it on, on Spit and Chicklets. I don't know if you heard her or not, but he gave a nice bump to the Rush on, on Spit and Chicklets and shouted out Grandma Rush and, and Pill. So that was pretty cool, but uh, didn't put the money down, and he knew why, because Saskatchewan was never going to lose that game. And they they took the, the Warriors to the woodshed there, and this is a game that they really needed, especially heading into what they thought was going to be next weekend, taking on the Calgary Roughnecks. But they made the change on offense, putting uh, Murphy back in, taking Robinson out, going righty strong again. And that's really seems to be when they are at their best. And, and I hate to keep bringing up Connor Robinson and taking him out of the, the equation to make it happen. I don't know what exactly it is, but they just seem to be – more balanced and, and more efficient when they go righty strong. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 
the numbers certainly seem to back that up, right? The results uh, in those games, uh, they looked more confident, decisive, whatever the word you want to use, offensively, crisp, clean, like everything seems to just flow more smoothly. And, of course, that's the way they've been set up for years, right? They try to switch. It didn't really pay a lot of dividends early in the season. So what does a good coach do? You know, make adjustments. And the adjustment in this case is, okay, it looks like Austin Murphy is sort of, I'm not going to say he's the X factor, but he's, he's, he's the swing man in this equation, he and Connor Robinson. Yeah. And it's, it's just the way it has, it has worked out. I don't think Connor's, uh, you know, not pulling his weight or a lesser player. It just seems like the offense seems to click a little bit better. Uh, with that set up with Austin in there. And it will be really interesting to see if we do get uh, more more of this season, how much more Austin Murphy gets into the lineup. Because, you know, we talked a lot about rhythm and things uh, throughout the first half of the season, good and bad. Well, the rhythm has certainly been disrupted now. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how, if and when that picks up again. But, yeah, very Solid effort. Everybody on offense found the net in that game against the Warriors. They got some great transition scoring. Evan Kirk, he has just been rock solid all year long. I don't think we, I know we said this before, but I really don't think we've talked about him or the league has yeah, been talking he's not about getting him enough, enough this season. He really has been their most consistent player, other than maybe Ryan Delks, <laughs> yeah. from start to finish this season. And so, you know, that was a real team performance, and and you saw it reflected in the scoreboard. Another four goal lead at halftime, just like they had against Toronto. But the contrast is that they came back out in the third half, and in the words of Jeff Shatler, they just stepped on the Warriors' throats. Yeah, they came out, they got that quick goal from Robert Church, and just uh, went on their way. And and that was a real good win for them, their best win of the season. And and you're right, I think the key to it all in that game is that they played a full 60 minutes. Like, I did not see them take a shift off in that game. And I, I whether it's Vancouver or Colorado or Halifax, whoever, I think when Saskatchewan plays like that and don't take a shift off and play a full 60, stay out of the penalty box and get goaltending like they did from that, they're going to be a real tough out. Like, I... I think they can beat anybody in this league when they play like that. Yeah, you won't get any argument from me on that. Uh, we saw championship caliber rush lacrosse in that game against Vancouver. We've seen flashes of it at times this season. I think maybe, I know fans have been spoiled here since the rush have come. And so even after, you know, they lost the final in 2017 to Georgia, they came back with such a vengeance the next season that I think, Fans were kind of expecting the same thing this year after the way last year ended. Yeah, uh, they, I think people have maybe taken for granted, you know, or, or think that it's easy for a team like the Russia to just flip that switch. But anyone can get complacent, and even after you've had a tough end to your season and you come out with a couple of good games to start the year, it's a long grinding year. There were a lot of bye weeks, and so it's hard to pick uh, pick up that baton, but. We, we see them as they hit midseason. Yeah, we had there was the game against Toronto, but really four wins in five games 
starting to hit their stride. And sitting in first uh, so place. To speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but you're right. The standard has been set, and, and Rush Nation has come to expect excellence uh, on a weekly basis. And there's nothing wrong with that because I think those guys expect excellence out of themselves. But they're also a veteran-laden team now that knows – kind of the ebbs and the flows of a season, when to start cranking it up so you're peaking at the right time. And and I think they were just starting to get the engine revving uh, heading into Calgary. And next thing you know, uh, this the, the entire season gets shut down. Just before it did, though, and you want to talk about not being complacent, uh, Derek Keenan going out and, and swinging a deal, uh, bringing over a, a bit of a local product coming out of Alberta in in one Tristan Rye and and sending Tanner Thompson back the other way, and they get a second round pick out of this. And the first thing I did after I saw this trade was was text Derek and said, "I would have made that deal straight up. I don't know how you just got a second round pick out of that as well." And and his his kind of comment was that they were. They had their eye on Tristan at, uh, at the draft. They kind of waited too long. The, the deal's kind of been there, but Derek really stood pat, wanted that second. They were, I think, offering a, a third up, and he just wouldn't take the deal until they offered the second, and, and lo and behold, uh, he gets what he wants once again. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's deal of a deal, really. I mean, you give up a player who hasn't seen the floor yet in the NLL, who it could well turned on to be a very solid pro player in Tanner Thompson. Sure. Let's not forget 16th overall pick, right? This sure. is yeah. essentially a first round draft pick uh, for the rush this year. So there's a reason they picked him that high. He's a good player, but no real room for him right now. And in, in, in Tristan Rye, you, you get a guy who I think you can, it can be a bit of a project perhaps. Maybe another Austin Murphy type, not necessarily. Not I, like, I, I think he's going to play in a transition role, Flats, and I, yeah. I honestly think he's going to see some time. Like, I think he can yeah. get into the lineup sooner than later when, when things are going. Yeah, and, and I've, I've had the chance to, to see him play a little bit because he played in the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League. Uh, and so I've seen him play against the Saskatchewan SWAT. Uh, in town here a few times, and, and really good player. And and to get a, you mentioned yeah. to get a second rounder too, yeah. like I, like <laughs> really like if if neither player turns out to have much of a career, which I don't expect will be the case, but if you know whatever the yeah. case may be, you get a free second round pick. Like come on. The guy is a genius, man. So, uh, Tristan Rye, welcome to the Saskatchewan Rush. The last samurai, if you want to give him a follow as well. Clever handle there for Tristan. Um, yeah, watched him in the Minto Cup uh, as well. And Real Fet played for the Burnaby Lakers last uh, last summer as well. So, a real quick right-hander, and I think he'll play in a transition role and, and is going to fit in. Just one of those kind of blue-collar guys that you, you don't really – it doesn't catch your eye, but the kid just works and works and works, and he's overcome the odds at every level. So uh, former captain of both the hockey team and his lacrosse team at university. So this, kid, uh, this kid's got some intangibles, and, and I, I liked him at the draft. I was hoping they were going to take him, and, and then he slipped away, and, and then they end up getting him. So uh, well done 
to Jammer there. Uh, we got to take a break here, Flats. We got the big, big boss waiting on the other side. It's the owner of the Saskatchewan Rush, Mr. Bruce Urban, will join us here on the Rush Hour podcast, presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln, right after this. Hey, Rush Nation, this is Holden Garland from the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to the Rush Hour podcast presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln, your premier choice Ford Lincoln dealer in Saskatoon. All right, lacrosse fans, welcome back. Episode 5, Rush Hour podcast presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln. Jake Elliott, Ryan Flaherty with you. When we just went to break, we told you we were going to have... The big boss, Bruce Urban, on the program. We haven't been able to get a hold of Bruce. He's a busy man, and uh, sometimes things come up in that regard. So we'll we'll let the boss off the hook, but we got to the head coach and general manager instead, and maybe we'll get Bruce on after this. Maybe we won't. I don't know. We're living in crazy times right now. Uh, Derek Keenan, welcome back to Rush Hour. How are you? How's the family? How's everything going back in Ontario? I'm good. Family's good. Uh, you know, bored, but uh, <laughs> um, can't complain. You know, we're uh, we're paying attention to uh, what we've been told to do by the health professionals and by our government, local and provincial and national. So hopefully everybody out there is doing that and we can uh, hopefully uh, – this thing will go away sooner than later. Yeah, I, I mean, you you mentioned being bored, and, and I think a lot of people are in that boat. And, and for myself, like I'm trying to find ways to stay active and healthy in these these times. Mm-hmm. You are a, a big fitness guy, Jammer. Uh, what mm-hmm. what type of thing? You got a home gym in, in the the Keenan Estate. What do you what do you got I, over I've there? Got, <laughs> I've got a TRX. Okay, so you can pretty much do everything with it. Um, and I just hang it in the garage and away I go. So, um, uh, my kids have been using it and, uh, you know, it's, it's really, and plus walks and runs and sure. things like that. I have a treadmill as well. So, but, uh, you know, it's, we're just trying to do everything. Going. I mean, even our players, you know, they're, they're trying to get out running. And, and of course, at the same time, you know, they, they want to be staying away from other people. So it's, uh, it can be difficult, but, um, all in all, you know, I, I have, I can't complain. And, uh, I just, hopefully we get an opportunity to get back at it in the NLL season, um, better sooner than later. The TRX plug, we should get a hold of them and see if we can get them to sponsor this. We were talking off the top, Derek, about, you know, this whole situation and how, you know, People are, you mentioned it, you're, you're trying to find ways to stay entertained and amused and busy and all these sorts of things. Have you have you uh, discovered any new talents or rediscovered any hobbies or, or any interests that you maybe hadn't, uh, hadn't engaged in over the last little while? Uh, not really. Playing a lot of backgammon. Backgammon? <laughs> with, with my wife, so I haven't really done that in a while. So, yeah, playing fair bit of backgammon and board games and different games, but uh, uh, I'm trying to stay away from the TV as best I can, but that's not always, you know, you got to at some point uh, fall down to it and, and watch something, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, just trying to stay as active as possible and, uh, you know, keep the family fed. And we've been fortunate here. We've, we've been able to uh, get our groceries delivered for the most part. So that's worked out well. And um you know, um, my daughter, she works in the healthcare 
industry. She's a nurse, so she's okay. she has to work every day, but obviously taking all the precautions and, and so far so good with that too. Well, uh, I don't know. You're not a big social media guy, Jammer, but uh, Mike Accursi has been pumping out some content with his young daughters back there in, in Halifax. I don't know if you know what TikTok is, but uh, he's been. Yeah, I've been. I, it's the, the family's been. They've been showing me. They yeah. Keep me up to date on. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Well, I'm sure yeah. uh, I'm sure Rush Nation would love to see maybe the head coach and, and son Ryan uh, put something together. And, and if you want yes. to get that out on the Internet, uh, I'm sure people would flock to. Yeah, Ryan was overusing the uh, the TRX the other day. Uh, we've been kind of keeping away from each other though, because he's actually been working uh, quite a bit too, okay. more so from home now. But uh, so yeah, he's been he's come over, and uh, I think the other day too, I think he and his roommate got an opportunity to go into their gym and do some shooting. They're the only ones there. They they were given a key, so they were oh, nice. fortunate to be able to do that as well. So, well, yeah, what, just, you know, the guys are just trying to do what they can do to stay active and stay on top of fitness. And, um, you know, probably guys are, you know, the training has changed so much over over the years that typically guys just don't go for runs that much anymore. But I think they are now because there's, you know, there's not a lot of other options. So old school. I know they're yeah, old school. Well, worked out, worked out okay for, for guys back in uh, the eighties yeah. and nineties, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, what is the, what is the message to, to your guys? I imagine you're, you'd stay in pretty constant contact with, with the yeah. team, Derek, uh, you know, what, what is the message to the guys in, in this time uh, away from the game? Just you gotta you gotta be creative, you know, in terms of staying up on top of your fitness. There's many, many things you can do. Like you mentioned, like Mike Kersey, his little little fitness dance routine he's doing with his daughters, like stuff like that. There's plyometrics, you know, there's like I said, my little TRX rope, uh there's there's many things like that. You know, old school calisthenics and like I said, hitting the pavement, down on the pavement on a good run and, and that. So just trying to stay active, uh uh, our guys are, are they're doing a pretty good job with that, I think. And, and again, very hopeful that um, they're going to get back at it. Well, I think, I think one of the interesting things to me, Derek, is, you know, you guys in, in lacrosse, unlike a lot of other sports, a lot of guys are, are accustomed to being responsible for their own training. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the way that they do it has to change. So you're already, I guess maybe you have a bit of a leg up in the sense that guys are already kind of have to be self-motivated. That's not a new piece for them. That's right. It's not. No, they're, you know, preseason during season, they, they have routines and, and I know our group, they, they really stay on top of fitness. And uh, so now it's just a matter of finding other ways, more creative ways to do things. Cause, cause really for the most part, you're not able to get into a gym because most of the private and public places are on lockdown. So uh, you just have to be creative. And I think so far our guys have, have done a good job of that. Speaking with the the head coach and, and general manager of the Saskatchewan rush, Derek Keenan here on, on rush hour. And, and, this is obviously a, a tough time for, for you, the players, uh, but the fans as well, Derek, who obviously Rush Nation means everything to, to the organization, and, and they're kind of sitting there waiting. And we were going to ask Bruce about it, but do, like, do you know from a league executive level on, on kind of where things are at? Or is there any kind of a projection on when things might return, or do you have any kind of an update on that? No, we haven't had an update in about a week from the commissioner. And, of course, 
you know, that, that we, we had two weeks canceled already. You have to assume that we're going to be into week three here. There has not been an announcement, but I mean, we're just, we have to follow the professionals in the health, in the health field and our governments and, and, and just do it, whatever we're told to do. And uh, I, I just kind of stress that to our fans back in Saskatchewan as well, that, you know, stay at home, stay safe. Um, and then we'll just, we'll see what happens down the road here. If we can, if we can slow this thing down and then maybe we're going to get fortunate enough to get back, but there really hasn't been any, any direction uh, on how this might proceed from here. We are saying, I mean, it's crazy to think that it's, been only a couple of weeks and feel it feels like a lot longer just because of you know how much the the normal routine has been disrupted um Mm -hmm. but you know as this was kind of unfolding i'm sure like you like a lot of us were kind of you know reacting to this almost in real time as quickly as the dominoes started to fall you know starting with the nba was that Mm. was that when you kind of got a sense that this is this is really something that that is imminent or did you you know how how long how long of a ramp up was there for you before realizing like oh we're going to be we're going to be off for a while yeah well i was i i had actually uh flew left from saskatoon right directly to calgary i have a a good buddy in calgary who's ailing right now so i wanted to spend a week with him so we were sitting there on the the Wednesday night up at his, his place up in Radium, British Columbia, and he's got a cabin up there, and we were watching the, uh, an NHL game, and then the NBA came on and announced what, what they're doing, and you kind of had a sense right then um, that uh, that, that was going to be uh, that was going to be it for us too. So then Thursday morning rolled around. Um, you know, I of course we were planning on playing on Friday in Calgary, so um, I I tried to get get out of there and get home as quickly as I could. And I got a flight home on Thursday night. And of course, by Thursday morning, mid morning, our commissioner announced that we were, we were suspending until, you know, further notice. I think they had put a two week time frame on it at that point, but obviously we're, we're going to go beyond that now too. Um, I don't know if uh, you, you follow along on my other podcast or not, Derek, but uh, while we're away from, from the games here, I've been kind of doing like a, a March Madness greatest box lacrosse teams of all time. I've broken it hmm. down into to decades, so 2010s, 2000s, 90s, and pre-90s. I want to ask you here because I think you're affiliated with, with several of these teams. 1987 Brooklyn Redmond, yes? Yes, sir. I was on that team. 1992 Buffalo Bandits. Correct. Yep. 2016 Saskatchewan Rush, of course. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. want to know, were you on the coaching staff of the 2000 Toronto Rock team? Sorry, 2000? Yeah. Yes, I was. Okay, so there you go. You got... You literally got a team in every bracket. I'm liking your chances here. Uh, what, uh, what? Out of those four teams, Derek, which uh, which do you think would would beat? I mean, 92 Bandits kind of considered the greatest of all time. I think. Yeah, well, if you look at the names on that roster, you know, and a lot of the guys were young actually at the time too, just kind of get going like. Tavares and Beltman and the Kilgores and they're they're just kind of starting. I was a little bit older, but yeah, that was an awful good team. I mean, I I, I really liked our our 
2016 rush team as well. I mean, we, if you look at the season we had that year, we were pretty dialed in for the entire 18 games and playoffs. And uh, but I mean, there's a lot of really good teams that you could put in that category. That's for sure. It's going to be fun uh, coming down coming down the stretch. I'll keep you apprised on, mm-hmm. on how your squads yeah. are, are okay. making out. <laughs> Very good. You, you, mentioned, you mentioned that 2016, and while we're, we're kind of flashing back a little bit here, Derek, like you, you, obviously in a time like this, you get a chance to take stock of a lot of things. Uh, do, do, you have, do you think about, you know, just the time in Saskatchewan, and like that was, the, you know, it, it's – the first year going yeah. like that, uh, you know, and the way that now that it's lacrosse has kind of been taken away, just like every other sport has been taken mm-hmm. away and the way the fans have responded. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys have been here four years plus now. Um, mm-hmm. What has that been like to just kind of hear from people throughout this, you know, current time, you know, about the, you know, the impact that you've had as a team on this community and what it means to the community to not have you guys around for yeah. however long well, it's it's i mean it's hard to believe this is our fifth year in, in saskatchewan but um i i just think that right from the very beginning when we arrived you know obviously you know i've said this before we brought a really good team you know we had just won a championship uh um the year before in edmonton and we've been we've been building that team for a few years and we started to peak. And then of course we came to a new market and and the fans embraced us right away. And we wanted another championship in in kind of an exciting fashion too, with you think about the Jeff Cornwall uh, winning goal late in the game and, you know, kind of exciting. Storybook storybook beginning, right? Like just, and, uh, and again, hard to believe it's been five years. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, like, I'm sure the fans, uh, miss it right now. We certainly miss them as well. And uh, again, just hopeful that everybody's healthy and we can get back at it and get this thing going again. Well, we were saying earlier, you know, we were talking about some of the different games in the past, home games and the atmosphere in the building. Uh, Got to imagine at whatever point you guys are back, that's going to be quite the atmosphere inside the barn kind of like a almost like a playoff type or an NLL finals wouldn't you expect yeah I think so yeah I mean ho- I mean hopefully we're back in a position where you know it's it's safe and it's healthy for everybody to be there and I, and I think it'd be pretty darn exciting and then um and it's and it's exciting to think about what kind of format they might come up with you know uh because obviously like our regular season was scheduled to end on April 24th and and playoffs to follow right after that so you know, how much of a regular season would we get in? No, I don't know. So uh, there could be some sort of uh, exciting format that could be developed, I'm sure. Last one for me, uh, Coach, and, and, you know, with, with no lacrosse going on, it's kind of hard to even think about. But, I mean, coming off that, that Vancouver win and, and where you were sitting in the standings and the kind of lacrosse that you'd been playing the last four out of five mm-hmm. games, I know that Toronto game was a little disappointing, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it seemed like the boys were kind of starting to find their groove a little bit. Where would you assess the team, you know, heading into this break and how difficult do you think it's going to be to kind of pick it right back up again? Yeah, I, I really liked what I what I was seeing there the last like uh, with the exception of the trial game. I thought we really 
really started to play well. Our offense started to get going. And even the communication I had with some of our guys, you know, really felt that we were starting to hit our stride and still had, still had better days ahead even than, than we, than we had played. So we were just really starting to click and all aspects of our game. And, um, you know, obviously disappointing for this to happen, but, uh, you know, the health and safety of, of everybody is a lot more important than a game lacrosse. So, um, hopefully we can, we can have all that, but yeah, I, I was certainly pleased with the direction we were headed at that point. As was I, Derek, uh, listen, man, appreciate, uh, your time. Miss you. Be safe, be healthy. Right, and, uh, hopefully we get to, yeah. to see each other sooner and later. Okay, for sure, yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. All right, that was Derek Keenan right there, head coach, general manager of the Saskatchewan Rush. And, uh, you know, saying, saying and doing all the right things, uh, as as you would expect. Yeah, not not surprised at all. Um, you know, just like everyone else, just trying to, you know, stay on top of things and, and just taking it day by day, yeah. really. I mean, we're all basically in that same boat right now, and, it's a very strange feeling to be just kind of waiting on information, um, you know, in this sense, but that's really where we're at. And, uh, you know, I cover the rush obviously as part of my job with global and there's no sports to yeah. cover right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it is a really strange thing waiting for things to happen when normally you can at least find something even in a slower time of the season or of the year none of that right now and nobody is available to even talk really on cameras so it's nice to get a chance to just talk sports a little bit with someone and uh it feels like a little bit like normal although it's clearly not yeah absolutely i'm gonna have to uh apparently gonna have to like dust off the the backgammon kit brush up on my my rules and uh see if i can take coach to, to task when we return to Saskatoon. Well, I was thinking, I'm thinking there, Jake, like you and I don't have any games to call right now. Right. So maybe we need to get a video feed. Well, backgammon turn. The old backgammon at the Peenan house. Yeah. And we can give everyone the play-by-play. That's not a bad idea. I don't know. Not a I bad know. idea. <laughs> I know, like, I, I, I'm like you joke, and, and it's and it's funny, but it's like I know teams and, and even the league is, is struggling to – come up with content right now like it, it's not an easy thing to do so uh you might be on to something there flats uh, uh listen when i did lax class yesterday like and i hadn't put my headset on and i don't know how long i guess it had been a week and i was just like it was therapeutic man like it was like oh there you know like i <laughs> i miss it so much <laughs> Uh, so I'm happy to be back with you. We're going to take a quick break here on Rush Hour. Come back. We'll tidy up uh, Episode 5 here and get you on your way. Uh, in short order, you're listening to the Rush Hour Podcast presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln. We're back after this. Hey, Rush Nation, this is Matthew Hoffick from the Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to Rush Hour Podcast presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln, the premier Ford Lincoln dealership in Saskatoon. Welcome back to the Rush Hour Podcast presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln, your premier choice in Saskatoon for Fords and Lincolns. Jake Elliott, Ryan Flaherty, and... We did manage to get him. Uh, we are planning to have him before Coach Keenan, but we got him after Coach Keenan. It is the owner 
of the Saskatchewan Rush, Mr. Bruce Urban. Uh, welcome to the Rush Hour podcast, Bruce. And I guess I will uh, start out by asking, how are you, Brandon, Cindy, and, and the rest of the Urban family making out? Well, we're uh, we're following the news hour by hour like the rest of the world. And uh, gosh, we're in the midst of uh, un- unprecedented events. And, um, you know, you wake up some days and it's surreal what's going on out in society. Um, so you really maybe start to understand uh, the closeness with other people and checking up daily with people that you haven't talked to a whole, a whole bunch. And uh, it seems to be uniting people, a, a terrible way to get people to really start paying attention and unite them. But um, yeah, crazy, crazy times going on in the earth. You really do get an appreciation for what's important, right? I mean, we were talking with Coach Keenan and I were joking, saying like, you know, people are learning new skills or rediscovering ones they didn't realize they had. It's, it's one of those things where you really you really do take stock, right? Oh, abs- absolutely. And uh, guys, let's face it, it's it's going to get worse. Um, people are going to be locked in their homes together um, for you know weeks or, or a month. Who really knows what it is? So, I guess a chance for families to really come together and uh, and and have a chance to talk and you know there's no sports to watch you can't go to movie theaters you can't eat out people are going to uh have a chance to to get to know their family closely again in what's always a really busy world with everybody together in their homes yeah, well they say uh expect a, a a little bump in the the population in about nine months from now bruce yeah, that makes that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> there will be a baby boom, and uh, yeah. divorce lawyers will be super busy <laughs> in the, after this is over because it's either going to make couples closer yeah. or wanting to kill each well, other. I so, mean, yeah, we're joking, you know? but it's true, right? We're we're joking about it, but it really is true. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, you had a, a busy day today, Bruce, with. Uh, a lengthy call with with the league. I'm not sure how much information you can divulge uh, to to us here on Rush Hour, but if there's any kind of uh, information or anecdotes or, or updates that you can provide to us about what what the future might look like for the National Lacrosse League. Well, I think like like every sports league, that the health and safety of the players, the staff, the fans is more important than any actual sporting game, let's face it. And I think, you know, people understand that, um, you know, you have to take it day by day. I think we're, as a league, paying really close attention to the NHL and the NBA and, and you know, a lot of bright minds out there that are keeping in close contact with all the medical experts and with the different, you know, states and municipalities to see what the thoughts are and uh you know a lot of what you get back is geez they they're making some some guesses but it's really unknown so so as a league you know we're at a standstill um you know everybody's everybody's waiting to see what the best course of action is going to be as it happens but you know the reality is boy let's uh, let's all pray that Let's all pray and, and hope that it's it's over sooner than later. I mean, from a from a lacrosse and sports side of it, I think some markets uh, may be really challenged after this, especially going into to to buildings and close quarters with a lot of people. Um, you know, in in markets maybe that are getting a lot more 
cases than, than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Saskatchewan, I think, is it would be on the lower level of number of cases. There is not a lot of foreigners maybe that have flown into Saskatchewan during the time period or people that end up in Saskatchewan from from the other countries, as many as that would be in a New York or a Toronto or a Vancouver or a Seattle. So, um, you know, I, I think that um, maybe it won't be as effective as, as as harsh in Saskatchewan, but what we do know is Saskatchewan is filled with uh, resilient um, and unified people, uh, you know, I mean, the best on the planet. And I'm confident when this is over, we're going to, you know, come out the other end stronger than ever before, uh, you know, as a province and uh, as a country and and, uh, and the Russia as an organization. I'm interested, you, you mentioned, you know, the other leagues, obviously you guys aren't the only one that's dealing with this. Everybody's kind of in the same boat, the wait and see boat in a lot of ways. What, when it comes to, especially the NHL and the NBA, because there are some shared venues there, is there any, are there conversations between members of the respective leagues about coordinated approaches or anything like that? Or is it really just everyone's just kind of sitting and, and not sitting, but just plan making their own kind of plans and, and hoping for the best? No, I think there is on a daily basis between uh, Commissioner Nick Sikiewicz and, and other leagues. Ultimately, um, you know, when you share buildings and and, and and uh, in close quarters, there's not going to be one league that starts up sooner than another league. Uh, you know, the NBA ultimately would be the, the highest level league. And we have, uh, you know, I, I guess in our league, there would be uh, the Raptors in Toronto that share the same building. And there would be, you know, in Denver, the Denver Nuggets and the Mammoth share the same building. And then, you know, after the NBA probably makes a strong decision side by side with the NHL, they would agree on okay, it's time to play because they would be, you know, players would be crossing paths, and it would be the same. Then I guess the NLL will follow with teams that are playing in those arenas that have, uh, you know, NBA and NHL teams in them. So ultimately, there, there there will not be a league that starts up in indoor sports. I think unless they all start together now, outdoor sports leagues. I guess we have to wait and see. It's a, it's it's a little bit different. However. You still have the masses of people. You could say that an outdoor, you know, football, CFL football game might have, uh, you know, you're outdoors, you're not stuck indoors. But listen, washrooms, lounges, people next to you, people behind you, it's it, it's the same type of thing. So I think until, you know, this is on a downward slope in the number of cases, which yeah, that would be anybody's guess because we're on the upward slope right now that, you know, all sports will be, will be off the table. So, you know, hopefully, you know, this is over sooner than later, but for right now, I think it's a, uh, it's a wait and see situation. I know that, uh, you know, there's a committee with the league that's been planning out every possible scenario uh, related to resuming the regular season, which could push the regular season a little later or diving right into the playoffs if that's the way it ends up being. And, you know, if so, if it's diving right into the playoffs, what would the playoff format look like? So ultimately there's, there's a lot of things that you need to plan for that you would be coming back in three weeks or 30 days. Have Um, they they 
kind of come up with with deadline dates in that regard, Bruce? Like, if we want to finish the regular season, we have to start by now. And if we're going to go straight into playoffs, it's going to have to be by this date sort of thing. Have they... Well, I think there's a committee assessing that. And ultimately, you know, Jake, we, we, you know, it's teams going back to their buildings. And then again, there's some of the teams that share buildings with other sports leagues. And maybe the NLL could go until the end of June before playoffs uh, finished. So maybe there'd be a regular season of some format in May and playoffs of some type in June. I mean, anything is possible. I don't think uh, it would be that the the playoffs could run any later than the end of June, but uh, do I think the season could be pushed back for our league and, and other leagues? Uh, yes, I do. And, you know, I think we're pretty safe in our building and, and some of the smaller venues, uh, maybe, or are, 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 when I say smaller venues, I mean they don't have NHL and NBA in their building. Um, you know, the dates would be probably uh, fairly easy. Um, some of the teams, depending on what the NHL and NBA do, they may come out with just strictly a playoff format. Yeah. How many teams in the NBA would make that? Would the teams that have buildings in our league and teams in our league, would their teams actually make the NBA playoffs or the NHL teams make the NHL playoffs? It's There's a lot of, of things to consider, but ultimately every league would like to have a conclusion to their season, so that's the goal. Um, now, you know, our playoffs aren't as long a format as, as playoffs in those leagues where they play best of seven series. They may jump straight to playoffs. Would we have a bit of a chance for some final regular season games and playoffs? Uh, possibly. So it's it's kind of a wait and see um, at this point, but uh, I would say it's it's very, very possible that. So there's really, getting back to your question, Jake, there's yeah. really no, uh, we have to be done by this date because we can push a month's worth of games out. Yeah. I mean, I think April, towards the end of April is when the regular season is going to be done. Well, maybe the regular season would be pushed out towards the end of May if, in fact, we we were to uh, get a you know regular season games finished up in May and then some playoffs in June. Yeah. And maybe the playoff format will be changed to, the, to where there's less teams that make the playoffs. I mean, those are all things that are being discussed. You, you raised something interesting earlier, which is something that I don't think, or an aspect of this that I don't think maybe is being discussed very much. And I really hadn't really occurred to me that much, which is the fact that, you know, you guys team wise are spread around the continent and there are different areas that are harder hit by this, at least right now. Is there a scenario uh, in play where perhaps you come back and maybe some teams play their games in other buildings because they're in an area that maybe hasn't, isn't recovering at the same rate or, or something like that. Is that on the table? Well, I think it's possible because ultimately the States make the decision right now. So New York State will decide when venues in New York are open and allowed to have people inside of their their buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, California will decide when California <clears throat> can have people inside their buildings. You know, Saskatchewan will decide and Alberta will decide. So ultimately, even if other teams are saying, okay, we're ready to go, our buildings are opening, allowing fans, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, New York State's going to allow fans. Uh, which has Buffalo and Rochester and, you know, the New York team in their marketplace. 
Maybe California won't allow buildings as San Diego, maybe Pennsylvania that has Philadelphia, you know, so ultimately it's possible that there's, there's states that uh, are able to be open for business and states that aren't. I mean, that'll totally depend on the number of cases and the decision that that particular state or province makes. So again, I, I don't think you can rule anything out, but, um, you know, when we're talking about the unknown, uh, we're just kind of throwing out thoughts and, and what ifs. But, um, you know, I would say some of the big markets and the hardest hit markets, you know, with the number of viruses and the number of deaths and when it peaks and when it starts coming down, those states will probably be the very last to open their, their buildings and facilities to big crowds. And uh, And I'm assuming New York will be one of those yeah, one of those states. It's speaking with Bruce Urban, and and that and that I think that's the the hardest part is the unknown. Is that they're just nobody can see the light at the end of the tunnel, saying, "Okay, we just need to get to this date, and we're going to be okay here," because that that date literally changes on a daily basis, and and that's that's a hard thing to kind of wrap your head around. Um, for for Rush Nation, Bruce, and I know you you mentioned that the province and the organization are, are going to come back stronger than ever out of this, and I don't have any doubt about it either. But what's happening uh, around uh, Rush headquarters right now, as far as the staff of the office and and for season ticket holders and and fans alike that uh, have tickets in their pockets, wondering what to do with them, and and how is all that going to work uh, for Rush Nation? Well, ultimately, um, you know, everybody has tickets. We had four regular season games left, and, you know, we're hoping that those games will be played. They may be played a little later than expected. Maybe the games will be played in May, and, and, and that's what the hopes are, so that everybody stays status quo. Let's hope the world gets back to normal, um, you know, by the end of April, and then we can get those games in. Um, you know, we want our fans to stick by us, we know that there's a lot of, of pain out there for so many, and we sympathize with that whole situation. I mean, everybody is in this together. And like I said before, I think that, you know, Saskatchewan, you know, they, they have resilient people in Saskatchewan. Let's face it, farmers, for starters, are <laughs> very resilient from emotional ups and downs that, that uh, in the years of farming. And yeah. Saskatchewan people... Uh, have been through the thick and thin of, you know, economic ups and downs and they're resilient. So we're, we're, we're confident there's going to be a finish to the season. And we feel strongly that, you know, we were in a pretty good spot when, when the last games were played. So we, we just want to make sure everyone is safe. Uh, you know, obviously the guidelines are to be followed everywhere is, is keeping crowds down and people, you know, spending time in their homes and we're hoping when this when the dust settles from this week you know everybody can get on with life people can join together inside of SaskTel center and show the world what we're made of so we you know we're asking that our that our great fans of saskatchewan stick by us and and hang in there and and let's all get through this together and uh let's come out the other end um you know, stronger than ever before. Yeah, Ryan and I were, were making mention that, you know, we, we kind of reminisced a little bit about the Humboldt game and then the atmosphere in the building that night, and we kind of feel like when it's when it's go time again here and, and the rush return inside Sastel, that's, that's going to kind of be the feeling that you're going to get 
uh, yeah. coming, coming back. And I, you know, I don't, uh, listen, Bruce, you're supposed to stay in your house and I don't want to make light of it right now, but, uh, I'm telling you what, I think right now might be the best time ever to, to pick yourself up an RV and, and just head out on the road <laughs> somewhere and, uh, you know, camp out. Well, we're, we're, we're hoping that that side of the business is very good too. And the people say, you know, after they're realizing what's important to, in life to them, that they say, you know what, we're going on a, on a family vacation for a week or two in an RV. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be, uh, running a, a cruise business and, uh, you know, and, and I think that people are going to maybe, or some of the mini are going to slowly work their way back to feeling the comfort of, of aircraft, although that'll come back quickly. But you know, it it's been a difficult time for our staff, uh, Jake, you included. Yeah. Um, you know, they've done an amazing job this year and they made our fifth anniversary season uh a very successful season up to this point. And what's and what's been a pretty tough economy in Saskatchewan, um, you know, uniting people that are going through some tough times already, everybody feels so good of it. So our our staff has just worked amazingly hard and uh, you know, it's a difficult time for them. The tap turns off instantly. Everyone's passionate. We're pushing forward. And, and you know, people are looking at what's the future going to look like. Yeah. And that's a scary thought when you're, you know, you're a family and, and, you know, maybe you have a child or two at home and you're saying, what will the future look like when this is over? And, um, you know, again, it's it's a legitimate feelings to have and nobody really knows. So, you know, we're going to get through this and, you know, sports is the last thing on people's mind right now that they need to be concerned about. Uh, everybody needs to take care of people that they love and care about. And let's take a bag of groceries to that person that we think might be struggling or let's pick up the phone and let's call somebody and let them know that they're on our minds. Let's do what we can for other people. This is a time that Everybody in society needs to look around, open their eyes, and say, who do I know that might really be struggling right now? Yes. You know, people can say, geez, I, I'm struggling, but you have a roof over your head, you're healthy, um, you know, your family's healthy, you have food on your table, you're struggling, but you also have a lot to be thankful for. So sure. I would say that people need to say to themselves, who can I reach out to that I can, you know, help? calm them down or, or lift their spirits because this is tougher on some people than others. Some people worry more than others. Um, so everybody's in a different financial boat. So if you have the wherewithal to, to, to take a bag of groceries to your neighbor, do it. And, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Bruce. You know, away from the sports side of thing into the real life side of thing, everybody needs to really, you know, check their heart and soul and, and, say i'm going to show passion for other people like i've never done before in my life like at the highest level and and uh, that's going to help everybody get through it amen boss uh i know you've had a long day and uh i appreciate your time and uh i, I tell you it's it's comforting for for guys like myself to know that you and and nick and and everybody at the office and the board of governors are or steering the ship in the right direction, and we'll get us all through this, and uh, we'll be back at Co-op Field at Sastel Center hopefully sooner than later. Uh, be safe, be well, give my best to, to Cindy and the family, and um, we will talk sooner than later, I hope. Thank you, fellas. Bruce, yeah, Bruce Urban, owner of the Saskatchewan Rush, and Ryan Flaherty, uh, 
I expect a pretty candid conversation with the boss, and that's exactly what we got. Yeah, he usually uh, pretty much always delivers on that, that's for sure. And, uh, I mean, so many things, obviously, that are, you know, would take priority over over spending some time with us here on a, yeah. on the podcast. But I, I, we really appreciate it. I'm sure the fans really appreciate it as well to get some insights and hear a little bit about what's gonna going on at the, the top end of the pyramid from a league perspective and some of the op- options that are out there perhaps and, and – just get a little bit of insight into that and, and just you know we talked earlier what you want to hear from the leaders in times like this so uh, we really appreciate that absolutely and uh listen rush fans saskatchewan and the saskatchewan rush are going nowhere we're going to be back stronger than ever and and you know, quite frankly, we got a team to win a championship this year. So look forward to that. Love your love your family. Stay safe, and uh, that's all you can do. we got uh, one quick segment coming back on the other side. This is the Rush Hour podcast presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln. We're back after this. All right, back on the final segment of the Rush Hour podcast here. Jay Kelly, Ryan Clarity with you for just a couple of more minutes. Um, appreciate you doing this with me as well, uh, Flats. It's, uh, like I said, it's it's a little bit of therapy for me to kind of keep my mind clicking and feel like I'm doing something and, and helping out in, in some regard. And I hope uh, Rush Nation lacrosse fans uh, enjoyed the podcast this month. Yeah, hundred percent. I I couldn't agree with you more. It is. I've been in a weird state for like the last week and a half, two weeks, just trying to make myself useful <laughs> with no sports to report on. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's nice to just talk a little bit about the rush, even within the context of of the current situation. But uh, yeah, just just nice to to feel like you know there we could one day be just talking about games again and and i'm sure we will be and it's the, the uncertainty of the when yeah. that i think a lot of people are are struggling with right now understandably so yeah nice to nice to kind of forget about that for a little bit and just just talk about about what's happening right now absolutely man well hopefully when we talk to you again next month which we will regardless of whether we are playing games or not uh, hopefully we we have some updated news on maybe a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel in the meantime people uh, be safe be healthy wash your hands don't touch your face stay away from people stay home as much as you possibly can and do the right things uh, to help life get back to normal uh, we will talk to you again in uh, well next month rush nation thanks for listening to the rush hour podcast And uh, we will talk to you soon. For Ryan Flaherty, I've been Jake Kelly for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, be safe out there, everybody.